bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in coronavirus politics. Like we're talking about reality TV. Happy Super Bowl, Mel. Happy Super Bowl. And coming to the field <laughs> are all of the heroes of America. We had a good time with the Super Bowl this year. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I've never sat and watched the Super Bowl. Not ever one time. I watched the entire thing. Well, I think you fast forwarded the game and watched commercials, right? I fast forwarded <laughs> the game and yes, but I did watch the I did watch some of the game. Yeah. I did watch I did watch um some of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. <laughs> well, the the quarterback of um Kansas City is huge, huge, big up and coming star. They say he's the new Tom Brady. He's from my college. And so for me it was a win win, you know. We don't like Stan Tom Brady, but we we love an older person having their day in the sun and setting the records. Honey. Wow, the inspiration. <laughs> I mean, not for nothing. I am from Boston, so I right? know that the people of Massachusetts, Massachusetts, uh huh, Massachusetts. I'm gonna say Massachusetts. <laughs> I wanted to say yeah, Massachusetts, Massachusetts. <laughs> I wanted to say the Massholes. I know just from my own upbringing, yeah. uh, not in my own family wasn't really a sports oriented family but all of those surrounding the patriots were quite a big deal so i know that tom brady that name was just around of course just of course for it's life. ubiquitous at this point so i know that they're all very whatever and I, I enjoyed that feeling of just like you know how the towns and whatever have this loyalty and yeah it's fun to see then to remind you that those those players don't care about you right <laughs> they want he actually wanted to mojo you to the ground because, yeah, so. because the team was like okay well we're not going to give you a huge contract so we're going to go ahead and redo our team rework our team and he's like okay bye bye and all i'm seeing on any headline it's like brady's the goat brady's the greatest right. of all time and i think it says brandy and i'm like oh my god brandy's <laughs> the goat and i'm like oh it says brady that, and brandy is the goat brandy's the goat and you know what that's the narcissism at work my eyes will see it <laughs> And I will enjoy it. And you know what? He is. And it was great. And it's like, you're never too old. Gronkowski came out of retirement. And it doesn't matter when or what age or why, whatever, you retire. You go back. You kill it. You make new records. It's great. And oh, all the talking heads. Even Fox <laughs> News. They couldn't take it. They go, oh, this is amazing. That you just goes to show you that you can come out and do and be on top of 47, <laughs> seven injuries. Yeah. And the elbow wasn't working and the knee was blown yeah. out. Every there old white guy was like dying. Yeah. And I thought, are we old white guys? I guess we are. Yes. 
So, meow meow, on the, I'm still getting birthday treats That's and great. cards. Good, so, good. I'm glad. you know what? It's fine with me. It can last well into the summer when then your birthday will hit and then we'll spend the last half of the year just doing your birthday stuff. And everyone's like, oh, God, they're like fumbling for the fast forward button. So, <laughs> Tiffany Fitch, Tiff with Kyle. Tiff Fitch? Yeah, with Kyle and then the kids, Guy and Daisy. Mm-hmm. She sent us more treats, meow meow. Mm-hmm. More. She just sent us like a big New Year's box. And now she sent us a black pink blanket for my birthday and a pack of JoJo and Kiki stickers in honor of the inauguration. She said, like, happy birthday slash inauguration, Tiff Fitch. And what's cool is that now the stickers are all around the drug den. I Everywhere I look, I look to my left, there's one. I look to my right, there's one. They're all around. Everywhere. Thank you so much, Tiffany. And I just want to say, one... We had gotten brand new drug den office chairs thanks to the gigantic gift card from Donna from New Jersey. Donna, we love you, Donna. And then Dumpling Satan Spawn, who is going to be sent nosy to Nancy. the yeah mm-hmm. nosy Nance Pelosi. He's going to be sent to the White House in a big beautiful gift box. He's going to get shipped right over there. The French mailbox people are going to send him for us. Oh my he- God! I'm going to go as his trainer. But I'm going to go as his original owner. You know right. I mean? And just but you've just got to get him acclimated. Like, I'm yeah. just here to Hello, see- Dumpling. <laughs> go to our office, Dumpling. <laughs> Don't ruin Dr. Jill Biden's You would work, go there dumpling. as like that, like the manly like trainer that goes to the commercial sets with the animals. Like, right. OK, just do you have any treats standing by? Click, click. Click, 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 yeah, click. that little clicker. Mm-hmm. And then his original owner would probably see him on TV. And, and be then all, there'd be a custody yeah, battle. And she'd be like, that's my cat. That's my cutie cat. And I'd be like, try it, you bitch. Try it. You will never, you will never. And then she'll say, but back. you gave him to the White House. And you'll go, no, Brandy did. And I'll say, you know why? Because he sits in my brand new chair from Donna and he gets scratches on it. And now he hasn't gone totally. There he is. Here he comes. He knows he Nance Pelosi. He hears his name. Also, he's not being given. He's being yeah, loaned. loaned. Of course. Oh, no, and I couldn't dream of not getting him back here. <laughs> so he's poking his fucking nails into my chair. Mm-hmm. So guess what, Tiff? The black pink blanket is going over the chair so we can really cement our trashy trailer trash <laughs> vibes in the drug den, okay? With the black pink blanket over the chair. Black and- pink in your chair, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay. So, and you know what? I just want to say really quick. We don't have time, but I'm saying it anyways. Uh, Steph, when we got your stickers, I went and I realized that on my side door off of my kitchen in my laundry room that goes outside, it's where the doggy door is. Above the doggy door, I have a magnet that you got me that is um, Obama-Biden, like, 2012. Right. And then underneath that, I have a dumb gay politics magnet mm. of us because the narcissism knows no bounds. <laughs> um, have you looked around this place? <laughs> yeah, but this is where we actually do. Have you looked in my bedroom? This isn't where you do the <laughs> do your laundry. And also I Airbnb well. my place and I'm sure they're like, nice one, bitch. So I realized that if I Airbnb my place again, I'm like, I will not not have one, the Biden-Harris mug to go with my Obama mug. Ooh, uh-huh. And in, in my mug area. And mm-hmm. then I need I need a Biden-Harris magnet. Tiff, so I went on Amazon, which I don't like to do, and I was like, let me get on here. One, I will tell you, of course it came. It wasn't a magnet. It was a sticker. 
Because it's you're not ordering from Amazon if you're just not getting what you didn't mean to order and a thing that sucks. And the sticker, I've tried it. I go, just fuck it. I put it on, peeled off. <gasps> so I got a magnet now. We'll see what happens. But so thank you, Tiffany. <laughs> so Kathleen Rooney and Julie Lang also sent you birthday cards. And Julie Lang's card said... You use swear words like commas, and I am fucking into it. That's like the front of the card. And then she wrote on the inside, Hi, Brandy. I know you hate birthdays, so let's call this a celebration of your vulgar vocabulary and my appreciation of it. Parentheses, real gift to follow via email. I hope you have a fantastic birthday and, e and an even fantasticer forever 21. XOXO Julie Lang. She must really love my cussing because she got me a generous gift card to Ulta and I cussed my whole way through it. And it was just like, do, 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 I love this fucking thing. And I love that fucking thing. I love this fucking thing. And I love that fucking thing. Yeah. Thank you so much, Julie. I love and, and thank you, Kathleen, for the for the birthday card. I'm just like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> and then Andrea Maddox, our sweet, sweet angel baker mm. from New Orleans. Yes. We fucking adore Andrea. We mm. think it's Andrea. I mean, it could be Andrea. It could be Andrea from. It could be on exactly Melrose nine hundred two one zero. The pr you mean the president of SAG? Uh, yes, Gabrielle Carteris. <laughs> <laughs> we met her at our live show two years ago on my birthday, mm -hmm. twenty nineteen, mm -hmm. in New Orleans. She brought me a king cake that Ugh. she baked. She worked at a bakery. I had a bigger king cake that everybody at the show got. Mm -hmm. But she gave me like a, a little one mm -hmm. with the baby in it and everything. I took that king cake <laughs> with me that whole night, man. <laughs> yes, right? I know. We went to a strip club. Yes, yes. We ate. We went to eat fried chicken with Penny and our Uber driver yes. at like 5 a.m. Uh -huh. The king cake was with me. I took the king cake to the airport. <laughs> I took the king cake on the plane. I took the king cake home from the airport mm -hmm. and plane. And then I ate the king cake in my own home here in L.A. <laughs> I loved it. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget her. She's just she was just like a little tiny little sweet, sweet girl. And we have her picture and we've loved her even her picture. She's got a snow cone. She never stops just being memorable and cute. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a good memory. The cake was delicious and it, we fell in love with New Orleans. She's a huge part of that memory. Yeah. And I think that the next king cake, the next king cake that you make, you should make a miniature thing of yourself and make you the baby so she, inside the so cake. So Andrea's the Maddox is the baby. Yes. That'd be so cute. And especially since she sent an updated picture and she's like in a Dungeons and Dragons kind of get out. I can't with this picture. <laughs> so maybe she should be like a Dungeons and Dragons person. This fucking <laughs> picture. Dear Julian Brandy, thank you for being in my ears all through this garbage year. I first started listening when I was lonely in Australia three years ago. Since hey I last <laughs> hey guys, how are you? <laughs> I last sent a picture and shed 160 pounds of dead weight named Chris and found the love of my life. Through everything, I have had both of you in my head telling everyone to shut it because I don't need their notes. Funnily enough, without those notes, I am happier now than when I was doing all the right things. This is a long-winded way of saying thank you for keeping me company through so many changes in my life. I've included a photo of my new boy and I cheesing it up in Salem, Mass, where my brother lives. We both love a costume moment, LOL. I would love to see you in NOLA again, maybe Mardi Gras 2022. I know Chewbacca would love to have you, Julie. I make a costume and walk with them every year. Happy Forever 21 love. Andrea, everything she says in there I want to do. Last but not least, Sarah Wybright, meow meow, our Taco Bell angel, who has uh -huh. kept us flowing in free Taco Bell since 2018. There has not been a minute in time that we haven't been able to cruise by a Taco Bell with a gift card in hand <laughs> and rock a Crunchwrap mm. Supreme. 
and a bean burrito with red sauce and two cheesy roll-ups, okay? <laughs> this year, she pivoted and gave us a very generous Visa gift card, mm-hmm. which was, it, it was too generous, Sarah, and very sweet. And you know what? With a Visa gift card, we can buy Taco Bell as well. <laughs> it can go anywhere. Happy Forever 21. I was going to go traditional and get you girls a Taco Bell gift card, but you are always on a goddamn cleanse. Plus, I'm honestly a bit concerned about Meow Meow's IBS. She just mentioned it, Sarah, right before we started. She's like, I don't know my IBS. is gonna. I'm going to have to go in the middle, okay? She just mentioned it. Yeah. So take this gift card to Gelson's and get all of the roast chicken. <laughs> I know 2020 wasn't easy on anyone, which makes me even more thankful that no matter what you two were going through, you still made us giggle every week. You were one of the few bright spots I could look forward to every week. I hope 2021 is everything we need it to be. I wish you money and success and good health and drugs and money. <laughs> Lots of money. All of the money and drugs. My 2021 goal is to have a baby. So Aww, hopefully I can add to so the... that's so nice. That is nice. So hopefully I can add to the growing DGP family this year. Heart, love you both. Sarah Wybright. Well, we hope so too. Get a baby on. Let's go. We need another DGP baby. Oh, Sarah, that would be so beautiful. And I would hope you would name your baby... Echo. Brandy. Oh. <laughs> you know, after her friend Echo, we have her picture up there. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. That'd be so beautiful, right? Um, if anyone else is concerned with giving getting us money and us getting money in Forever 21, the way you can get that to us is through our Patreon podcast. <laughs> it's www.patreon.com slash dumb gay politics. For one dollar, one low, low dollar, you can listen to another hour of us per week. You can do two extra hours of us per week for two dollars. This week, we did a deep dive into aliens. We talked about this documentary that we saw, talked about movies, just other things. It was very important. An alien came and, and, and visited us. Yeah. You know, there's a lot going on, a lot going on, a lot going on. The Patreon is all over the place. There's no pinning it down. It's food challenges, (laughs) Uh aliens, poetry, songs, robots, storytelling, (laughs) poetry. Okay, Meow Meow, it's Forever 21. (sighs) I'm so excited. And we are definitely embarking on our basic bitch health journey okay <laughs> yeah yep. we're not even gonna look at our shit like a diet because it's not even that at this point we're trying to firm up mm-hmm. and just get healthy we really trying not to get liver disease if at all possible <sighs> trying to bring the inflammation down you really know what i mean get rid of all the fungus and shit mm-hmm. and just yeah clean so it out it's all just about you know you look weird you're gonna be weird okay <laughs> we need the insides looking healthy <laughs> we need the inner glow yeah i don't even know if we would be on the basic bitch journey if it were not for wild bar when we found wild bar wow transformation okay now the appetite is being curbed the appetite is being helped because each of these bars is soup is filling. It's like literally actually like a filling snack and or you could even use it as a meal substitute. But I if- feel like it's been more life changing for me because you will eat healthy things. Yes. And I won't. Mm-hmm. We're all just trying. It's the ketosis. It's the <laughs> keto. It's the fat burning. Right. It's the keeping, you know, your blood sugar even. All of these things, you're you're trying to avoid the blood sugar spike, the highs and lows of sugar, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm trying to starve myself. That is my, I don't give a fuck about blood sugar. I don't care. Keto bullshit. What I care about is eating less food. So when I'm doing, I'm doing intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. I need to try to, push through 
the last couple hours before I'm going to eat a meal right. without just ripping open Doritos and eating them. Right. This Wild Bar. Yes. It's a godsend. Mm-hmm. What's great about the Wild Bar is that you're getting you savory and sweet. So if you're a person who like loves sweets or you want chocolate or you want candy or whatever, or maybe you want chips or you want nuts, blah, blah, blah. This is giving you kind of both, which is amaze because it's got they've got fruit flavor so it's like cherry blueberry pineapple but they're made i think the majority of it is hemp seeds i'm not even sure you look down at it yeah it's seeds and nuts and berries (laughs) and twigs that are all Mm -hmm. put together in this bar Mm -hmm. when you eat it it is so filling and so satisfying my jaw gets tired by the end i'm like my jaw's tired of chewing you think you have a big appetite you think you want to fucking eat 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 yes when your jaw gets tired you know it's like you're full that's like you know what i mean that's true that's why people want to rip it like you memo you Mm -hmm. want to eat bones you want to rip into steak i do and you eat these nuts and fruit and it's like you will get full. It's an independently owned, you know, it's like some fucking jujitsu guy, whatever. <laughs> it's not some big company. It's not owned by Nestle. We really appreciate that. I went on the website and I saw that they're like available at Air One. I don't even know if they have them anywhere outside of LA or, I've or, never heard or of like San Francisco. Uh-huh. Like, but you know, you see Jennifer Aniston walking out with like a bag of algae and right. she's like eating it and it costs $350. <laughs> it's like, it is so, they are so particular about what they carry they just will not it is it's every single you know everyone in there is like wearing patchouli and like worried about the oh, environment i'll tell you we were it's countdown t minus to when jennifer aniston is walking out eating a wild bar i'll tell you that right now and if you want to be like jennifer aniston walking out of everyone eating a wild bar then you need to go to wildbar.co wildbar.co put in promo code valentine 15 for 15 percent off that's wildbar.co wildbar.co and put in promo code valentine15 and you are going to get 15% off all right now it's time for jojo and kiki lock the doors lower the Okay, so there's a lot going on this week, and yet there's nothing really happening. The House of Representatives voted to impeach Trump last week, and his impeachment trial in the Senate officially kicks off today. Everyone is on Spilkies waiting to see who's going to show up. What surprise evidence is going to be presented? And ultimately, what is going to happen to Trump and his rotted family? I think we all know deep down that nothing is going to happen to them because nothing ever happens to them. (laughs) They are basically shameless white supremacist cockroaches and both the Republicans and the Democrats in Congress are never going to get over the fact that they spent the last four years hate fucking Donald Trump while he played them all for fools. I don't know what the Republicans want out of this, but the Democrats want justice. And there's no better justice than revenge. (laughs) Yeah, if they can get it. But again, it's not looking good. And in the meantime, we're all sitting around waiting on Congress to get through with this pretend impeachment trial (laughs) so that they can approve the stimulus package that Jojo and Kiki gave them. Why? Because we want our money. (laughs) 
And real quick, lest anyone think we ever know what we're talking about, <laughs> one of our 14 listeners, Meow Meow, Heather W., uh. sent us two messages on our website, julianbrandy.com, for anyone who's wondering. And she let us know that West Virginia is actually not where the Charlottesville racist <laughs> statue riots took place. Mm. It was actually the other Virginia, regular, regular weed Oops. Virginia. Who Ooh. knew? Well, Who knew? Clearly not us. Clearly, but um, thank you for the correction, Heather. All it required was a simple Google on our part, but instead we did some very problematic assumptions based on the movie Deliverance, and that's why this podcast is called Dumb Gay Politics. Oh, um, we never would have known. I mean, again, I'm just gonna, just I'm gonna, gonna right. I'm gonna offend more right. people when I say, you know, West Virginia just seems like you know the more. The more racist Virginia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just, I don't know. But I guess, thanks to Heather, we now know regular Virginia is, is more racist, I guess, or, or equally as racist. Well, it just was the where that happened. And, you know, I don't know what, and I don't even know for me. I was just like, sometimes you just get in a groove of something sounding the way you want it to sound. Yeah. I don't know. There's really no excuse, Heather. So, um, <laughs> sorry. But get ready well, for some more dumb shit. That's right, because we drank way too much champagne last night and we are too hungover to figure out when the hell the senate is going to vote on the stimulus package but here's what we think we know <laughs> we think that different committees within congress are going to vote on different individual pieces of the bill for example the house education and labor committee has jurisdiction over the minimum wage increase which jojo and kiki want to raise nationally to 15 dollars an hour this proposal has failed every congressional budget resolution since 1989 19 89 it's failed for the last 30 years no one is gonna let biden pass that they're just there no matter how much he wants to do whatever this isn't gonna happen and it sucks it's it, it's infuriating and the stupid stupid house education and labor committee had goldman sachs do the cost-benefit analysis on raising the minimum wage. Of course, Goldman freaking Sachs is the company behind stopping the raising of the minimum wage. Goldman Sachs is the most corrupt, governmentally bailed out, Jeffrey Epstein-y, Steve Mnuchin-y, Wolves of Wall Street-y, fake finance company on the planet, okay? So yeah, they came back from $15 and said, maybe 11 or $12 for the minimum wage, but we're not gonna be able to do more than that. And you know what? Fuck off, Goldman Sachs. Everyone who works there can go die on a hill with Enron and Bernie Madoff. <laughs> I can't fucking stand them. They got that huge bailout. Well, we needed them for our bonuses. It was very important that we got our bonuses. Oh, and Steve Mnuchin, I mean, what a cunt. He is so he gross. He really is. The definition. If there wasn't a visual... I know cunt is a... Um, it can be like more of a sexy word. It was probably... I used the wrong word there, but... Mm, <laughs> mm, no, but British people would be like, he's a cunt. Like, what a cunt. He's yeah. a cunt. For some reason, I put him in like the top 10 of like the most diabolical people. Like, I really think that he is, he might not be smart enough, but I really think that he is soulless. Yeah. I don't know why you think that. He's like dead behind the eyes. Yeah. Well, he has a name and he likes to talk. We, we, uh, we produced another movie this year. (laughs) (laughs) We just decided to produce another movie. My wife wanted to. I didn't really want to do Ugh, when she posed with that money. Oh, that. They are gross. They're gross. Incidentally, the House Education and Labor Committee is also in charge of school reopenings and workplace reopenings. So, no. That's just a no. 
<laughs> Basically, what we're dealing with here is that any fairness in the workplace, whether it be pay or 401ks or protections against rape or coronavirus, are in the hands of this committee who have been legendarily impotent and problematic for at least the last 30 years, regardless of who has the majority. I mean, not for nothing, this was the committee that Marjorie Taylor Greene was put on. She is such a dumbass QAnon gun-loving twat face that Congress literally had to hold a vote to remove her. So, the House and Education Committee is clearly not a committee that anyone values or expects to get anything done. Which is disappointing, to say the least. To say the... Uh, the, uh, the I'm sorry, the education? And, and, and then you think to yourself, yeah. That checks out. <laughs> if you look around, just simply look around. I mean, even pre-pandemic, of course it's a whack committee. Yeah. Another exciting and quite controversial consideration being floated in the bill, Mamau. Now, this is being voted on by the House Ways and Means Committee, which we know has Maxine Waters. So, yes, mm. that's a yes. <laughs> so this proposal, and it's going to go in this the America First Biden COVID plan, is to raise... The current child tax credit, which has been $2,000 for the last 24 years, mm. and then they're going to change the way it's distributed also. So basically, families would receive up to $3,600 for every child they have that's um, six-year-old or under, and then they would get $3,000 for every child between six and 17. And instead of claiming the credit once a year when you get your stupid fucking tax returns sure. like they do now, the government would instead do monthly payouts of either 300 per month for each young child Whoa. or $250 a month for each older child. Wow. If it passes the committee and makes it onto JoJo and Kiki's America First COVID bill, it will lift 4.4 million children out of poverty. Wow. The whole thing would be absolutely historic and nothing short of heroic. And you know what? It's all thanks to Andrew <laughs> Yang. You know what? You know what? I mean, we got to give Andrew Yang his due. If it wasn't for him, the stimulus checks wouldn't even be happening again. He gets a thousand percent of the credit for popularizing and normalizing universal basic income. And while it sucks for us because we don't have kids, everybody wins if we narrow the income gap in this country. This proposal would only go for one year. But that will give me just enough time <laughs> to get cast on one of the 900 new kids shows that will inevitably pop up on Disney and Nickelodeon. Oh, fingers crossed. Come on, <laughs> Jesus. If kids have money, companies are going to want to advertise. And you can't advertise to kids without kids shows. And Brandy wants to puff my hair out so I can get cast as a wacky annoyed coach on Nickelodeon. I really do. You kids, <laughs> stay off the basketball court floor. That was the real thing I did. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 you're perfect. It's your lane. It's called um, never learning your lines until you're um, on the actual set to show up for your call time. Uh -huh. It's drunk every night. Mm -hmm. It's all the drugs we could ever want to afford. And at this rate, you will literally have that job on that TV show before any of us get our goddamn stimulus checks. Okay, now it's time for our brand new segment called Hot Saki for Lunch. This is our new segment called Hot Saki for Lunch, 
where we give you the latest and greatest from the past week's White House press briefing, starring none other than White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. Jen Psaki is a cunty queen, and although she's only been on the job for three weeks, she's quickly working her way up to being a patron saint of this podcast. Just because we identify as Democrats doesn't mean that we don't hate most of the lame news liberal media, particularly the ones who go to these press briefings. Peter Alexander, we're looking at you, sir. The reporters in the briefings are so caught up in being unbiased that their questions come across as argumentative, entitled, and unproductive. Like, we finally got people in the White House who are looking to pass progressive policies and inclusive legislation, and these twits are over here throwing salt in the game every fucking second. Hello? Is your mom home? Because I want to let her know that Republicans don't need CNN reporters defending their concerns at the White House press briefings. They have their own hookers from Fox to do that for them. (laughs) That's right. They do. They do have their own hookers at Fox News. And most of them are on the news. And luckily for us, this isn't Jen Psaki's first rodeo. She was a traveling press secretary for Obama's first campaign in 2008. And went on to work as the spokesperson for the Obama Defense Department from 2015 to 2017. Rachel Maddow was the first of the cable news outlets to get to have her on. And she bugged on, per use, by telling Jen Psaki that she was being, quote, too nice. (laughs) Another example of nothing ever being good enough for the liberal news machine. We spent four years with everyone calling for decency back in the White House. Not Brandy and me, mind you. We didn't give a fuck. We love the hot mess express starring Trump and Sean Spicer and Sarah Huckabee. And then that dumb, dumb wig, Kaylee Maca-COVID. But everyone else hated how rude and gross Trump and his press team were to people. So now we have hot Saki quietly ratioing all the shit-stirring reporters with every answer. And yet, she's too nice. I don't know what she was getting at there, but if it takes a bitch to know a bitch, then let me tell you, I'm an expert, okay? And Jen Psaki is a sharp-ass alpha with Peggy Davis eyes, and if these reporters aren't careful, they're going to get fucked. She's super pretty. She's from Greenwich, Connecticut, which, as we know... Rich. Quality, luxury, (laughs) quality, luxury. Okay. She's the oldest of three girls. She was a Kayo in college. I don't know what it is with me right now or why I'm dwelling around in my sorority (laughs) past. It's just really gross. I wasn't a Kayo. I was a Kappa Kappa Gamma, but my best friend and roommate for all four years of college, Kelly, she was a Kayo. She's married now. She has two kids, a son and a daughter. Her daughter is around four and her name is Genevieve, but they call her Vivi. How fuck? cute (laughs) her son is still pretty young definitely not older than a toddler Uh, we couldn't find out his name Um, she's known for referring to herself as the bad cop in the briefings (laughs) and in the bedroom (laughs) (laughs) and when she doesn't feel like she has all the information she needs to answer any annoying question she will say i'll have to circle back on that and when she's done with the bitch she says what she has to say and then ends with I don't have anything more for you. And then she turns away and calls on another reporter without so much as a thank you. We live. We love. We live. Vivi. Good night. We wig. Yeah. So first up, we're going to play you guys a clip from Jen Psaki's very first press briefing on the day of the inauguration. Okay. It's a get to know you clip. So fine. It's for any of you who haven't been paying attention to the White House press briefings. I'm sure there's a couple people I'm hoping out of the 14 listeners that haven't seen or heard Jen Psaki. And that's not to say, by the way, that this clip isn't already annoying the very first time in the very first day, because even when these dumbass reporters ask a general question about what her approach is going to be moving forward at these briefings, they still find a way to sound stupid, argumentative, <laughs> entitled and unproductive. 
Take your question, Zeke. Why don't you kick us off? Thanks, Jen. First off, congratulations. And uh, one question about your role, you touched on this a little bit at the top, but uh, when you were up there, do you see yourself, uh, your primary role is promoting the interests of the president, or are you there to provide us the unvarnished truth so that we can share that with you? Oh, my God. Well, let me first I'm say, here to Zeke, fuck your mother, um, Zeke. <laughs> that I come to this podium wow. having served both in the White House and mm. at the State Department uh, as the spokesperson there, and I traveled the world on trips to promote democracy, uh, where I saw the power of the United States and, of course, the power of this podium uh, and the power of truth and the importance of setting an example of engagement and transparency. So I will just state, because you gave me the opportunity, I have deep respect for the role of a free and independent press in our democracy and for the role all of you play. Um, as I noted earlier, there will be moments when we disagree, and there will certainly be days where we disagree uh, for extensive parts of the briefing, even perhaps, but we have a common yeah, because goal, you're also which annoying. is sharing accurate information with the American people. If the president were standing here with me today, he would say he works for the American people. Uh, I work for him, so I also work for the American people. But his objective and his commitment is to bring transparency and truth back to government, uh, to share the truth even when it's hard to hear. Um, and uh, that's something that I hope to deliver on in this role as well. Yeah. To be clear, Zeke, though, you work for me. OK, <laughs> so now th this was a very mild case of the reporter being annoying. And in this case, clearly Zeke. And also this was Jen Psaki. Again, this was Jen Psaki's first day. So she's rubber there glue and she's totally unbothered. How about you? <laughs> but from here on out, hot sake for lunch. As in this segment, Meow Meow is going to focus on the clips where Jen eats these fools and keeps it moving. Okay, so here she is responding to some dumbass Bloomberg Fox Newsmax One America douche who thought it was appropriate to ask about Space Force, which was a stupid-ass Trump marketing ploy to rebrand the space division of the Air Force to Space Force so that he could sell merchandise on his fundraising website. The merchandising also is not bad, which <laughs> you he like did. it. I mean, it looks like Star Trek. <laughs> it looks like Star Trek. I'm not that mad at it. Uh, Jen Psaki laughs it off with a joke about a previous question regarding Biden changing the color scheme of Air Force One the way Trump had done. They literally asked her if Biden was going to repaint Air Force One. And she was like, <laughs> I can guarantee he hasn't thought a moment about that. They asked whether the president has made a decision on keeping or keeping the scope of Space Force. Wow, Space Force. It's the plane of today. Um, yeah, you dumb idiot. It is an interesting question. Um, no, no, it's I, not, Jen, actually. Happy to it's check with our question. Space Force point of contact. I'm not sure who that is. I will find His out name is and Spock. see if we have any update on that. So then that night, all the Republicans and Fox News got all butthurt and fear-mongering and demanded an apology, as if the Trump press team didn't shit the bed with hideous and horrendous insults all day in and out. But okay, here's Hot Saki a couple days later. Again, about Space Force. Uh, the top Republican on the House Armed Services Committee is asking you to apologize for some of the comments that you made yesterday in the briefing room about the Space She's Force. She's Will smiling. you apologize? I did uh, send a tweet last night. You may not all be on Twitter. Maybe they're not on Twitter. That said, we that'd be hilarious if Space Force didn't use social media. Space Force here to provide an update to all of you on all of the important work they're doing, and we certainly look forward to seeing continued updates from their uh, from their team. Big picture here, I mean, does the Space Force have the full support of the Biden administration or is the president we don't give a fuck. going to try to get rid of it or in some way diminish it? Uh, they absolutely have the full support of the Biden administration. 
Um, and uh, we are not revisiting the decision to establish the Space Force. Uh, the desire for the Department of Defense to focus greater attention and resources on the growing security challenges in space has long been a bipartisan issue, informed by numerous independent commissions and studies conducted across multiple administrations. And thousands of men and women proudly serve in the Space Force. As you know, it was established uh, by Congress, and any other steps would actually have to be taken by Congress, not by the administration. Mm, okay. Space question. There are programs to return American astronauts to the moon by 2024. What is We'd love for the you to go to the moon. Plan? What is he going to do with that program? Is he going to keep it intact? I am personally interested in space. I think it's a fascinating area of study, uh, but I have not spoken with our team about this particular program. So let we're me not see talking we more, about uh, going informed, to the moon. Uh, People are dying in a pandemic. Well, we called Captain Picard, <laughs> and he's coming to the White House for a meeting with Spock, Deanna Troy, and also <laughs> Captain Janeway, an alien and predator. And they're all going to get together and they're going to have a meeting. Okay, is that okay, Rian? You want to talk about that? I mean, I mean are th there are national security issues greater than the Space Force, a.k.a. the Air Force. <laughs> uh, so here's a great one where she is owning this reporter who's a total fucking nerd, Mamiao, and his dumbass question came after she had just put up with an onslaught of conservative-leaning reporters who needed to talk shit on all the teachers who don't want to go back to work, as they put it. It's a super disrespectful line of questioning aimed at a section of the workforce who are already dreadfully underpaid and they get very little respect as it is particularly from conservatives in my opinion teachers so however you feel about what's going on with schools and teachers like it's just like nobody needs your commentary on how you believe teachers need whatever you think you stupid nerd <laughs> there quick questions then a little bit more meaty one if that's okay i like the setup so i can know it's a little bit meaty one than my tiny <laughs> meaty balls this, I, I'll frame it as a yes, no, or maybe, perhaps. Um, I never like those questions, but go uh, ahead. Will yes, President Nick. Biden use the power of the bully pulpit to help cajole teachers bully pulpit? who are unwilling to go back to schools to go back? To go? Well, are they going to go well, back? I'm just going to reject the premise of the question. Sorry, uh, I will say, um, I have teachers Cajole. in my family, as I'm sure many of you do. Oh um, they are the first people to Look, tell you she's that totally offended. She's being, like, I'm... Uh, teaching in the classroom and being able to engage with kids in the classroom or middle schoolers or high schoolers in the classroom I'm rejecting your it question, makes their you job more knob. enjoyable, <laughs> makes them more effective at what they do. The president is absolutely committed to reopening schools. He wants them not just to reopen, but to stay open. And he wants to do that in a safe way. And we're going to rely on CDC guidance, uh, which, again, is not officially out yet, to determine the best way to do it. But there are several mitigating factors that we've seen in data to date that will help make it safe. Of course, vaccines are part of that, but so is masking, so is social distancing, so is ensuring that schools have the ventilation and the um, facilities that they smithereens, need in order to do it safely. Slicing that's our focus. So the president's focus is on, and that's one of the reasons why he's out advocating for the American Rescue Plan. Part of that is funding so right. that schools can do exactly that. That sounded like a yes with an asterisk. Watch her. I, 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 you, if you are the spokesperson for the White House, you could certainly say that, but you are not. Burn! Oh! And sit down, sir. Um, yeah. I think Joe Biden, whose wife is Dr. Jill Biden, an educator for 45,000 years, he's going to cajole teachers to go do whatever, whatever, whatever. From the bully pulpit. From the bully pulpit, because we're in 1890. And, and she's like, I do. reject the premise of your question. Well, I would be remiss if I didn't include my favorite hot sake clip. 
This guy is such a colossal douche that even I had to tweet a clip snatching his wig. Again, his question is textbook. It's argumentative, entitled, and unproductive. And then he brings up Joe Manchin, who we told you guys about last week. And he tells Jen Psaki that people, quote unquote, people have been talking shit, but doesn't want to mention any names. Well, sorry to disappoint Gretchen Wiener, but Regina George doesn't give a fuck when no-name Grotsky plebes talk shit in hallways. Asking that again in a slightly different way, there are Democrats who see that the first meeting the president is having face-to-face -face with lawmakers is with Republicans and not Democrats. I guess why would the, why is the White House doing that? Who, are there any specific <laughs> Democrats you want to call up? No, but it's been talked no, about. There's I'm concern. I'm just talking you know, about it in hallways? No, yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, well, okay. I can assure you okay. that Speaker Pelosi okay. and Senator and Leader Schumer, uh, they have been in very okay. close touch with the president directly and members of the senior team. Uh, he has been in touch, uh, but also members of our senior team have been in touch with Democrats across the political spectrum, and that will continue. And there will be definitely Democrats uh, who will be part of conversations here at the White House. Two others on that. You said in your statement that the scale of what must be done is Let's bottom line it. Mm -hmm. Is six hundred eighteen billion dollars considered large? He wants to bottom line it. He sure uh, does. Well, He's going to get bottom line. Our statement last night made clear that uh, the president like, oh, believes that the risk is okay. not being okay. too, going too small, but going uh, going uh, not big enough, um, and uh, that his view uh, is that the size of the package needs to be commensurate with the crises we're facing. That's why he proposed one point nine trillion. There's obviously a big gap between six hundred billion and one point nine trillion. I don't think any of us are mathematicians; otherwise, we wouldn't be here but we can all state that clearly and so clearly um, he thinks the package size needs to be closer to what he proposed than smaller. And in that statement you called out $1,400 relief checks, a substantial investment in fighting COVID and reopening schools, aid to small businesses and hurting families. A lot of that isn't in the Republican proposal. So why have why what? at all if they're not even going to take seriously what he is proposing? Because we're supposed well, to be being again, bipartisan. Exchange, an opportunity to exchange ideas to have a conversation. Uh, that's why he invited them over here to the White House. Uh, he outlined the specifics of what he would like to see in the package in his speech, uh, his primetime speech just a few weeks ago. Um, and there are some realities as we look to what the American people are going through right now. One in seven American families don't have like enough this guy food to won't eat, stop. right? You know, We're not going to have enough stop. funding no. This whole press conference was about this. Uh, we don't have enough money uh, to ensure that, um, you know, we can uh, get the vaccine uh, in the arms of Americans. So there are some real impacts, which he will certainly reiterate, um, as he has publicly and privately in many conversations. But uh, they've put forward some ideas. He's happy to hear from them. Uh, but he's uh, also feels uh, strongly about the need to make sure the size of the package meets this moment and, and feels the American people expect that of their elected officials as well. The Republican apology tour <laughs> for Honestly. journalists is really grotesque. And this whole idea that the, so many of them are promoting of like, well, why, how are, why are they even having a meeting if they're not even going to, like, do their proposal? Well, I thought they wanted to be bipartisan. Right. Why I thought you wanted unity. Yeah. It's like, oh, does unity and bipartisanism and all these things only occur when Democrats do what Republicans want? Right. Is that the only time it occurs? It only occurs. You spent four years obstructing every single fucking thing on the planet, and now you want to cry that that no one's what listening to you right his question got a the answer was irrelevant he knew the answer already he just wanted to hear himself fucking talk mm -hmm. 
ask a real question that we need the answer to, right. period. And they constantly try to needle her. All these reporters, I think they're insufferable. They're yeah. exhausting. They're draining. Yeah, They're just as exactly. annoying as they were with Trump. They're they are. Just they as are just as annoying. They, they really are. It wasn't even an I anomaly. I think they're worse. I think they're worse now. I think they're worse now because with Trump, they could pretend that they were, they were shocked that... This buffoon was was answering the questions the way he was, and they were he he's so he's so gross and and hateful and da da da. Well, now they're showing their ass. So there's been so many hot sake takes over the last three weeks. We could do a whole show on her, but we're gonna finish off the segment with a very special clip, meow meow, from yesterday's press briefing, mm. where Jen Saki ratioed a virtue signaling Cro-Magnon <laughs> Fox News fool named Peter Ducey, who pretended, had the audacity to pretend to give a single fuck about the workers <laughs> on the Keystone Pipeline. But first on energy, when is it that the Biden administration is going to let the thousands of uh, fossil fuel industry workers, whether it's pipeline workers or construction workers, who are either out of work or will soon be out of work because of a Biden EO, uh, when it is and where it is that they can go for their green job. And that is something the administration has promised. Uh, there is now the look a gap. she's giving him. Oh, I know. So I'm just curious when that happens. Yeah, when those people genius. Can count on that. Well, I'd certainly welcome you to present your data of all the thousands and thousands of people who uh, won't be getting a green job. Maybe next time you're here, you can well, present no, that. But you said that they would be getting green jobs, so I'm just asking when that happens. Uh, Richard Trumka, who is a friend, longtime friend of mm -hmm. Joe Biden, says about that day one Keystone EO, he says, I wish he, the president, had paired that more carefully with the thing that he did second by saying, here's where we are creating the jobs. So. There's partial evidence from Richard Trumka. Trumka? Well, you didn't include all of his interview. Okay. Would you like okay. to include the rest? So, so how about this? Don't even uh, try the it. The Laborers oh International God. Union of North America said the Keystone decision will cost 1,000 existing union jobs and 10,000 projected Boo construction fucking jobs. Who? Well, what Mr. Trumka also indicated <laughs> in the Trump same interview cut. was that President Biden has proposed a climate plan with transformative investments in infrastructure and laid out a plan that will not only create millions of good union jobs, but also help tackle the climate crisis. And as the president has indicated when he gave his primetime address uh, to talk about the American Rescue Plan, he talked about his plans to also put forward a jobs plan uh, in, the, in the weeks or months following. And he has every plan to do exactly that. But uh, there are people living paycheck to paycheck. Oh, there are now God. people out of job once the Keystone and you, Pipeline. And, and Fox doesn't care. No. And you don't care. Or you would be happy about it's the stimulus check. It's been 12 days since Gina McCarthy and John Kerry were here. And it's been 19 days since that EO. So what are these people who need money now? When They're going to get a stimulus check, job? Peter. Well, uh, the, the president and many Democrats and Republicans in Congress believe that investment in infrastructure, building infrastructure uh, that's in our national interests uh, and that boosts the U.S. economy, creates good-paying union jobs here in America and advances our climate and We're like energy dying. goals are something that we can certainly work on doing together. And he has every plan to uh, share more about his uh, details of that plan in the, in the weeks ahead. Okay. At the end of the day... There might be a couple months, maybe a couple years that some people are going to be out of work. There are going to be jobs that are going to be lost. Coal mining jobs, anything with fossil fuel, you're oh, going we, I to haven't lose. seen us get another TV Your show. Job. Where's my yeah, TV show? Now we get into that. Is anybody going to create a green new TV show for me? There are. <laughs> no, they're not. Is the Biden administration worried that I'm out of work for two years for my TV show going no. off? No, they're not. There are, Where's my new TV show? 
There are thousands of people every day who lose their jobs. There are thousands of jobs that are just cut. They They're, go they, away. They go they away. Obsolete. They become obsolete or they can't be afforded or whatever it is. The Green New Deal and the Green New Jobs are going to create millions of jobs. Maybe some of those fossil fuel people won't get those jobs. Yeah, maybe they won't. Because maybe we'll have so, to because we never got another new <laughs> exactly. Green 2 TV show. Republicans and, and these liars i know these liars these twisters and spinners <laughs> they're 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 twisted spinners they're, yeah they are they are they want to add they you know the only people and certainly yes if you're working 15 dollars an hour in the coal mine or whatever of course you need your job everybody needs their job but they want they don't want to let the, the stimulus checks pass with the raising of the minimum wage Ugh. and that won't even be in there Oh, I thought you're so concerned about about everyone's jobs and how what are these people going to do right now? The people that don't have money. Oh, well, just make sure you don't get them stimulus checks and just make sure that the minimum wage doesn't raise. So when they do have to go get a regular job where the, it's minimum wage, they won't make fifteen dollars an hour. They'll make twelve or whatever right. it is in their state. So you know what? Go to bed, Peter. Now it's time for so there's that. All right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a so there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of the diarrhea toilet Republicans and the ignorant Facebook Fox News army that follows them. She hates doing it because it's fucking impossible to find an uplifting story to end the show on, especially when half the country are mind-controlled members of a morally bankrupt right-wing <laughs> cult, and the other half are whiny, entitled virtue signalers who are too busy fighting Bernie battles with their own side to win the war. But the Super Bowl just happened, and sports, especially American football, is the great microcosm of the battle between the liberals and the conservatives in this country. And believe you me, I wanted to write good and evil, but I didn't. <laughs> this battle has reached a fever pitch at this point, no pun intended, but the Super Bowl showed us that one side winning doesn't make the other side losers. What makes the other side losers is simply how they react to losing. Insurrectionists, we're looking at you. Right, Mel? <laughs> That's right. Well, I'm glad that you brought up the Super Bowl because that's what my entire So There's That is about. Since we Very, all very on brand and timely of you. Mm, yes. <laughs> Since we all enjoyed or tolerated or ignored the Super Bowl this past weekend, I need to quickly give thanks to you. I'm looking at you. Me or the royal you? The you, royal we. You specifically. Okay. It was you who turned me on to the stories and gems that can be found in professional men's sports. I had certainly enjoyed much of the costumes and cute logos, and I myself enjoy a sport to play, but watching men do sports for the most part is like watching the scene with Jodie Foster in The Accused, and I'll leave it at that. But you do send me texts like, so what's the deal? What state has the Raiders? What's the deal? Because I like this like pirate thing, and I'll be like, oh, okay, and then I just tell her the history of the Raiders, and That's then right. different, she'll just come on, like she'll just get different logos that she likes, and luckily with the Raiders... Um, they really are on brand with us since they are first and foremost like a cal an 80s California, you know, mm -hmm. juggernaut team. Mm -hmm. They're now in Vegas, which also we will lay claim to happily. And they're pirates. <laughs> the thing is, I have grown and opened my eyes to the joy of men's team sporting events, particularly the season finales, where the shit is laid on beyond thick and it truly is a delight. Too bad they don't do reunions. Ugh, I would <laughs> fucking completely yeah. watch them do that. 
I really have enjoyed learning about the top players, the Kardashian connections, the scandals, the closet queens, the ageism, the racism, the sexism, and of course the backlash from conservative Republican libertarian leaning American virtue signaling yodelers like Meghan McCain, who when Colin Kaepernick originally took the knee to protest police brutality at a football game, it was the Megan McCain's of the world who were flabbergasted and couldn't believe this man would be so disrespectful to our flag. Barf. They canceled him and then now spend pretty much 23 hours and 59 minutes a day um, talking against the unfairness of cancel culture. Exactly. <laughs> and that is correct. Now, football has come quite a long way. And over the years, women have integrated themselves in all aspects of sports, obviously, but curiously, in football. Women literally have a football league now. I mean, it should be called the Lesbian Football League. Is, is that not what it's called? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, much like the Wildcats, the movie starring Goldie Hawn, women of all identities do love sports, and they have a lot to offer in many, many areas. And you may be shocked to learn women are in actual football and recently, they're taking on some pretty important roles. Now, if you're a huge football fan, I would imagine watching women play football is cute. <laughs> and if you're only if they're in lingerie <laughs> <laughs> or wet and stuff and oil. Now, if you're a woman who loves football, I would imagine watching women play football could be pretty awesome. Regardless of how you feel about it, women's fake professional football has been another catalyst for the NFL opening its windows and letting women get their toes wet with different areas of actual football. While researching this subject, I was shocked and surprised and pleased to learn the history of women in football goes back to the 70s. In 1975, Jeannie Morris became the first woman to report live from the Super Bowl. In 1987, Gail Syrians became the first woman to ever call play-by-play -play of an NFL game. What about the movie with Helen Hunt where she plays and she's in high school? She plays football and she's a girl and she's in high school. And I thought it was a true story. What? <laughs> We're going to get back to that okay. at another time. Okay. In 1997, Amy Trask became the chief executive of the Oakland Raiders the first woman to hold that role in the NFL. In 2015, Jen Welter became the first female coach in NFL history when the Arizona Cardinals hired her to an intern position. In 2016, Catherine Smith became the NFL's first full-time female coach when she was named special teams quality control coach for the Buffalo Bills. 2020, Katie Sowers, then with San Francisco 49ers, became the first woman to coach in the Super Bowl. In January 2021, Jennifer King was promoted to assistant running back coach of Washington, making her the first black woman to serve as a full-time NFL coach. Which brings us to this last Super Bowl. Wait, it's called Quarterback Princess. It's from 1983. A Canadian teenager living in Oregon causes a stir when she decides to try out for her high school football team. Oh. Why I decided to think this was based on a true story, I don't know. I'm going to keep that probably misnomer alive in my mind <gasps> oh my god it is beyond genius because we live for helen hunt in the 80s live which brings us to the last super bowl this super bowl which had many a thirst hero commercial <laughs> but they really really did try to take responsibility and promote diversity and inclusion i thought i enjoyed the super bowl i thought they did a really good job well not only did tom brady break barriers with his age and the level of his Inspiring Smackdown was the thing of Disney sport movies. Alongside Brady, the Buccaneers hired two female coaches, two, Lori Locust and Maral Java Defar. And there was the female referee, 
but as we discussed no earlier, so we up. don't care that you're a parking <laughs> cop we don't care i'm sorry but no that's not an aspirational job i think referees are fucking annoying in any sport just no just no well the two coaches then are groundbreaking Lori locust and maral javidifar that's amazing we'll literally have super bowl rings Javid Defar is a strengthening and conditioning coach, and Lori Locust, who's 56, by the way, comes from women's professional football. Well, these women uh, aren't the first, but they're the first to win a Super Bowl. You'd be surprised to know there are, in fact, eight women coaches in various degrees across the NFL. But the fact that these two are now part of a winning Super Bowl team is going to open so many more doors for women in football and sports in general. The fact of the matter is women's professional sports is very limited. But if they can rise to coaching levels, their opportunities will widen. And at least for me, it may make me more interested in watching men's sports. I think having women around can change help lower the temperature of homophobia and sexism. And much like having sisters or a good mother, men need to have women around to civilize them and inspire them in a different way than men do. Well, we love Wildcats and we love when the base, when Beyond. the football players have to like go take ballet so they can exactly. do all that shit. It's just like warms the heart. Mm -hmm. I think the combination can possibly really enhance a team. This is a quote from player Rakim Nunez Rochez, a defensive lineman for the Buccaneers. Although she's a coach, you still get that nurturing, he said. She's hardcore, but I guess it's a mother instinct. When you're wrong or you feel you have a gray area, let me ask Coach Lowe. She's going to shoot it straight, and she's going to tell you, but it's going to come differently than if you asked a male coach. You got to know the stuff when you go to ask them. Another coach named Katie Sowers, who is with the 49ers, put it simply, Players are more likely to be vulnerable about what they don't know and feel like they're less judged, and I've seen that for years and years. She spent four seasons on the 49ers staff as an offensive assistant. That's a huge asset for a team when you have a coach where players feel safe too. Whether it's something about an injury or something about the playbook that they don't understand, have someone they feel comfortable coming to and talking about it. I know myself from playing team sports, coaches generally like to demean or break you. So you end up playing in spite of them many, many times. And I'm not saying it doesn't work. I want to win and show someone how wrong they are as many times as I want to win to have someone be proud of me. But much like anything, I'm not saying women can't be violent dicks, but while they're trying <laughs> to prove themselves in the arena of professional football, I think a woman's natural state is to be more understanding, to listen, and yeah, to be nurturing rather than dominating. It seems like a given to say, but women are an asset around men. I'm not saying men shouldn't have their own. Men only shit. They should. But football is an intense and violent game. And I'm super excited that there's women around to be an inspiration and a teacher for these guys. And I hope it's the beginning of an atmosphere that can help expand the world of boys and men where they look at girls much like my favorite Super Bowl commercial and see a strong, cool athlete who they want to learn from and are instilled with courage and ambition and that deep, deep desire to kick ass and win without being a rapey, chauvinistic piece of shit. And they will serve as a beacon to girls who want to go into a male-dominated sport and now can see there's a path forward for a career and not just an intramural lesbian hobby. So there's that. So that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. Thank you guys for listening to this dumb podcast. We love and appreciate all 14 of you so much, especially now. If you're new here and you like us, but you'd rather not hear about politics, please, please consider checking out our Patreon podcast. 
Our Patreon podcasts are completely different than this. There's no politics, no ads, no structure, no rules, and best of all, no pressure to join the Patreon. That's right. It's only $1 if you sign up for one hour-long podcast a week and $2 for two hour-long podcasts per week. And when you sign up, you will immediately get access to our huge back catalog, which has hundreds of hours of stupid, stress-free podcasts. Plus, you get the philanthropic satisfaction of knowing that with one single dollar, you are contributing to what has become basically our sole source of income during this pandemic. But if being pressured to help us pay our bills out of the kindness of your heart isn't working... Then we urge you to go to patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and listen to a free one that we have posted there to see if you like it. All you have to do is scroll. Once you get there, you scroll down the locked podcast until you get to September. And then you look for the episode called Windows Up Sing Time. And then all you have to do is just press play. You can listen to the whole hour right there from your phone or your computer, your laptop, your iPad. You don't have to download anything. You don't have to sign up for anything. It'll just play right there. I know we tell you this every time, but if you do decide to sign up, navigating the DGP Patreon community and listening to the podcast is super easy. You can always just go to patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and it's all right there. Or you can do everything on the Patreon app, which is free and available in every app store. Or in terms of listening, the easiest thing to do is to import our Patreon podcast feed into iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. So all your podcasts are in one place. Look, we know you're curious, so you might as well try it because we are literally never going to stop this desperate begging coercion. (laughs) And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb. And hot. Saki. Hot Saki for lunch. <laughs> How'd you do, I? See you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little broad dine because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover I'm not much of a man By the light of day But by night I'm one hell of a lover I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania Let me show you a rhyme Play you a sign. You look like you're both pretty grooving. Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal, we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual. Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Night. Or maybe a bite. Night. 
I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan, and he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. Just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. <laughs> <laughs>